Hi, I'm Paul Cuddehy and welcome to the Duran Duran Albums Podcast. And I'm Molly Williams. Join us as we take you on a musical journey of 40 years, 14 albums, countless great songs, and lots of great Duran Duran memories. From the band's self-titled debut album in 1981, through to the Paper Gods release in 2015, and, fingers crossed, a new album in 2021, the Duran Duran Albums podcast celebrates each of the studio albums while telling the story of the band. We chat through each album track by track, pick some of our favourite songs and memories from when the album was first released, and ask podcast listeners to give us their thoughts on each record. And we'll also have interviews with other Duran Duran fans throughout the course of this series, as well as extra episodes on everything from non-album songs, favourite gigs and the band's various side projects. So while you might want to save a prayer till the morning after, listen to the podcast now. Subscribe, spread the word, and celebrate 40 years of great music on the Duran Duran Albums Podcast. Hello and welcome to this special bonus episode of the Duran Duran Albums Podcast, brought to you in the immediate aftermath of Duran Duran's two triumphant homecoming gigs in Birmingham. I was lucky enough to get tickets for the second of those two nights, Wednesday, September the 15th, 2021. The reason I say that day is because it's almost... Six years since I last saw Duran Duran. That was in December the 6th, 2015 at the Hydro in Glasgow. So it was a long time to wait to see the band play live. And also it was probably about two years, given what's been going on in the world, since the last time I'd actually been at a live gig. So I felt very lucky and I absolutely savoured every moment of the night. The gig took place, as I said, in Birmingham, Duran Duran's hometown, of course at the O2 Institute, which apparently was a a venue that was opened originally in 1908. It's an old building in the centre of Birmingham with a capacity of around 1,500. Now, that's uh, what I googled the capacity as it felt considerably more as we queued up to get in. And then once we were packed into the venue, it made for an absolutely incredible atmosphere. There was a sense of excitement, a sense of anticipation, even as we were waiting in the queue and it was inching its way along towards the front door. Obviously, everybody there was a Duran Duran fan, so the prospect of seeing the band live playing some of their classic hits and also some of their recent songs, the new songs that are going to be on the future past album, I think just uh, made everybody look forward to it all the more. And I have to say, it's a, it's a night that I'm, I'm glad I didn't miss. Absolutely loved every moment of it. And I have to say that the band were in absolutely spectacular form. Now on the Wednesday night, similar to the first night, in fact, Duran Duran opened up with one of their new songs, the first single that was released from the forthcoming Future Past album, Invisible. I thought that was a brilliant idea, actually, just to open up with one of the new songs, which sounded uh, fantastic. I suppose, uh, although when, when you actually go through the set list, uh, there were songs from, in fact, I worked out, I think, nine of what will be the 15 studio albums, uh, along with a couple of the standalone songs that, that never made it onto any album. So uh, their uh, catalogue was well represented on the night. 
they followed up Invisible with The Reflex and Notorious before playing the second of what would be three of the new song's uh, anniversary, which, of course, that is a celebration of 40 years of Duran Duran. I think any band that manages to make it this long in the music business deserves to celebrate it and deserve to mark the anniversary. And I have to say, the song, I love the song anyway, but the song live was absolutely stunning. And I think on the night, Amongst the many highlights for me, I think seeing Duran Duran live really made me appreciate even more the drums of Roger and the bass of John, which I think that sound really anchors Duran Duran. I think it just drives the beat of every song, particularly live. I thought they were absolutely brilliant on the night, as was the rest of the band. I thought they sounded absolutely brilliant. They played, for me, one of the highlights was Planet Earth, which was the first, the very first Duran Duran song I ever heard. That was in March 1981, watching the Top of the Pops on TV in Scotland and absolutely loving the song instantly and going out the next day to the local record shop and buying the seven-inch single. And from that moment on, I have been a Duran Duran fan. And again, the way the band were playing, it was bringing us right up to date with the current songs and taking us all the way back to the very beginning, uh, which I thought worked really, really well. They also played Friends of Mine, also off the, the first album, which was another highlight. And again, seemed to go down really well, uh, particularly when they, they were singing the chorus and everybody in, it seemed like everybody in the venue was singing along to it. The third of the, the new songs that they played, and it was the first time I think all of us had got a chance to hear it, was Tonight United, which again was really catchy. For that one, interestingly, Don Brown, who was playing guitar on the night, he put the guitar aside and then just joined the two backing singers uh, to add some backing vocals. So the song was just the four members of the band, vocals from Simon, keyboards from Nick, the bass and the drums. And it was really catchy. And I think when you hear that added to the other two songs on the night, plus more joy, uh, really augurs well for the forthcoming album. And I wondered as well, you know, Georgia Moroder's working on at least one of the tracks on the new album. And there was a kind of real driving disco beat, I think, to Tonight United. And it wouldn't surprise me if that's that's one of his songs. The On the first night that they played in Birmingham, uh, amongst the songs that they played was Save a Prayer, which is my own favourite Duran Duran song. Sadly, they never played that on the Wednesday night. But I, I'd noticed a few people... After both of the concerts, you know, majority of people were overwhelmingly positive. There were some people who were maybe criticising the set list, saying it was a bit too predictable, just too full of all the hits. My feeling on that is I, I went there knowing that I was going to love it because I love the band, I love the music. So whether they played all new songs or old, old songs, or as was the case, a mixture of both and some cover versions as well, they were always going to be on to a winner with me. And I also think. For two reasons. One, this was the first gig that the band had played for a while. It was the first live gig that a lot of us had been to for a while, given uh, what's been going on in the world over the past 18, 19 months. So I think it was important for them to celebrate the fact that we were all back together, but also to remind us of their brilliance and and just a smattering of their, their back catalogue. You could have chosen a completely different set list, kept everybody happy with some old songs and some new songs. Uh, and as it was, whatever they were going to play, regardless of whether any particular favourite or not was there on the night, I was fine with that. They didn't play 
white lines on the Tuesday night, but they did play it on the night that I was there. And I'm not a massive fan of the Thank You album, as you will find out when Molly and I do the next podcast episode, which will be on the Thank You album after the, the wedding album podcast, which is coming out shortly. But I actually think White Lines works really well live. I think it's a song that really gets the crowd going. I think there's a lot of interaction into it, and I think it went down really well. And that was followed, the last song before they went off, briefly before the encore, a combination of girls on film and a cover of the Acceptable in the 80s song by Calvin Harris, which again, I thought was quite kind of tongue-in-cheek, quite clever of the band. And then they finished off by coming back on, playing a bit of Perfect Day, Again, another cover from the Thank You album and then blasting into Lyle Boys, which, again, I wouldn't say it would be one of my favourite Duran Duran songs, but I think it really works live. I think it's a really good live song. And then they finish off, as they always do, with Rio, which I always feel is brilliant. It's a brilliant way to finish the night. It's a really upbeat, everybody loves it, and you go home on an absolute high. Um, so that was the, the set list for the, the gig. I was actually swithering about whether to, to talk about this because I'm so positive after seeing Duran Duran live. Uh, I think it was a wonderful experience. But my pet hate, not just at that gig, but just at gigs and live events in general, is people filming these events on their mobile phones. I genuinely can't for the life of me understand why that's the case. There was a guy standing in front of me who, for example, when Duran Duran were playing Pressure Off, he had his phone in the air, which was irritating to the people right behind him. He was punching the air, singing along, while watching his tiny screen, which was filming the band. And I thought, you're missing the moment. And even when you look at that video later on, you can't recreate the feeling of being in a packed arena or a packed venue as it was, listening to that band live. They sound great. They're not going to sound great on your phone, I don't care what MD says, those wee videos don't sound great because you can't replicate the sound. You also can't replicate the experience. And I think sadly it's just part of the modern world that people go to events not to experience the event, not to be there in the moment, not to enjoy the moment, not to savour the moment, but to capture it so that they can share it on social media and to show that they were there. I genuinely don't understand that. And I make a point of... I don't take any photographs. I don't take any videos. I just want to enjoy the whole experience. And I think that's why you're there. I watched some of the videos that were posted after the Tuesday night gig and it just reaffirmed, apart from the fact it's just tiny wee screen, the sound doesn't sound, isn't great. And you just can't, even for, for people who haven't been able to get to either of these gigs, it might make you excited at the prospect of going to see Duran Duran, but it doesn't, it doesn't give you the feeling of being there. I feel I was lucky to be there. I feel I was blessed to be at that gig and I don't want to capture it on a tiny phone. So my appeal to people would be put your phones away, go back to what it was like in the 80s and just enjoy the band as they're playing live. They've rehearsed for these moments, not so you can capture it on your phone to post it on social media to show that you were there, so you can enjoy it for the moment. That's what I would appeal to all of you. And that's all I'll say in the matter. My overall impression of the gig, 
as I said earlier on, I, I'm predisposed to loving Duran Duran in much the same way as I can predict I will pretty much love Future Past, the album, when it comes out, because I approach these things positively. I think with gigs, I'm a glass half full sort of person. I go there wanting to enjoy it, and particularly when it's a band that I absolutely love. I know I'm going to enjoy it. And in the event, I thought it was absolutely wonderful. I mentioned I, I loved when they played Planet Earth, as I always do. I thought when they played Friends of Mine, they did a really clever thing where the, the lighting was the kind of luminous red and sort of limey green that is going to be on the, the cover artwork for Future Past. And I thought that tied in the past and the present stroke future really well. I thought there was an element of fun to what they were doing. I thought you could tell that they just enjoyed being back on a live stage again. I thought they sounded brilliant. Again, it's just a, a small taste of what's to come, I think, in terms of future past. And also, I'm looking forward to, to when they take that album out and tour. I think it's an impossible position a band after 40 years are in to choose a, a set list that's going to keep everybody happy. But I think, you know, as I say, taking songs off nine of the albums, I think, worked well. And everybody will have songs that they would love to have heard that they might not have heard. So, for example, Hungry Like the Wolf, I think, was on the Tuesday night set. It wasn't on Wednesday. But again, I'm, I'm absolutely fine with that. I'm happy to leave it to the experts who are Duran Duran to choose the songs, and they did pretty good. The three new songs, Invisible, Anniversary, and Tonight United, sounded great. I think, as I say, it augurs well for the album. And I think for anyone who was lucky enough to be there on those two nights, I'm sure the overwhelming majority absolutely loved it. And I'm sure for everyone else, they can't wait for the chance to go and see Duran Duran live. Thanks for joining us on the Duran Duran Albums podcast, and we hope you enjoyed the show. If you can subscribe to the podcast and rate and review us, that will help other Duranis to find us. And of course, if you can spread the word about the podcast, all the better. You can also let us know what you think of the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Albums Duran or email us at durandoran at paulcudahy.com. Join us next time on the podcast. And in the meantime, keep listening to Duran Duran like some new romantic looking for the TV sound.